Welcome to the Corporate Coven Podcast, a show where we will co-create the future of work in the age of Aquarius, using contemplative career practices and holistic human resources. I'm your host, Jessica Munson, aka That Witch From Work. Welcome back to another episode of the Corporate Coven Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about something that might be a little polarizing. This episode could ruffle some feathers. And so before I get into it, I want to preface this episode with, I am just coming from my unique perspective. But what I want to talk about today is what astrologers get wrong when they do career or vocational readings. If you're someone who has ever gone to an astrologer, then you might feel like you went because you were seeking some guidance, some connection with a greater sense of purpose, calling, clarity, and understanding of the self. And because career choice is a reflection of one's personality, then it would make sense that if you're already a person who likes to deal with the esoteric, the occult, the more mystical realms of existence and spirituality, then you were interested in working with an astrologer to get insight into what you should be doing with your life, what options are available to you. Um, Common questions are also revolving around why do I feel like I can't reach levels of success? Um, Is this the right choice for me to make right now? How can I transition? When will be the right time for me to transition? And so these people come to astrologers seeking the answer. And I know this from working with clients myself, but I also have been the person, you know, I'm I'm a, a career counselor, right? I'm a certified career counselor. And I worked at universities helping students, but I also through my business have helped people through career transition, curating job search materials. And there feels like there's this expectation on the helper, either the astrologer or the career coach or counselor. There feels like there's this expectation that a client will come to us and we will give them all of the answers. That's a lot of pressure. You know, that's a lot of pressure for someone to be under and someone who has not been trained uh, in the ways of helping. And I say that because this is something that we talked a lot about in my master's program when I was getting trained to be a mental health counselor and I was going through practicum where I was actually meeting with clients, but then undergoing supervision, which I actually am doing right now in my astrological practice as well. And, you know, it's hard to have that much pressure being in the service provider position and this sense of obligation to the client. I need to be useful. I need to solve their problems. I need to give them clarity and insight. I need them to walk away feeling like they made a good choice to spend time with me today and to invest in my services in this way. And so something that I see astrologers falling into, and this is something I've observed by listening to lectures Not so much by reading books, but every now and then it will come up in some of the literature that I read as I'm, you know, investing my own professional development. It's really tempting to try to give someone all of the answers. And what this might look like is people saying, you know, 
this this is actually a really common one. Um, if you are a person that has your sun in aspect to Uranus or Uranus or Uranus, whatever your preferred uh, pronunciation is, then you could be an astrologer. Now, this is not untrue. This is a, you know, Uranus is connected with astrology um, in some practices. And so having your sun conjunct or an aspect to like, you know, that make, make that might make sense. But the challenge, the problem with this statement is you are now creating like a safeguard or a guardrail to where now if someone is curious in becoming an astrologer or working in astrology, but they don't have their sun and aspect to this planet, they instantly rule themselves out of this. And this comes up a lot with specific job titles. You know, if you're consuming astrology content specifically around career and vocation and you're reading things like, oh, you know, what placement might this mean for a person's career? And the correct answer is lawyer or the correct answer is teacher. Then I'm always going to say like, you, you need to take that with a grain of salt because from what I've learned in all of my time studying career is that the world of work is much too changeable and innovative to keep up with a lot of the paradigms that are being sold to you through, you know, Instagram or other social media platforms. So I want to back up a minute. I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, there's a few quotes that I want to share. Uh, and majority of these are coming out of the book, Vocation, the Astrology of Career, Creativity, and Calling by Brian Clark. Uh, this book is one that I would highly recommend. He does a really excellent job of setting the foundation for career and vocation. Uh, Jason Hawley, who was a former teacher of my astrology mentor, has an uh, excerpt at the beginning talking about its value. And I appreciate this because he's a psychotherapist. And so there is more of that therapeutic background, which I think is essential if you're going to be working with people in this capacity. Um, and then Demetra George reviewed it as well. And if you know me, you know that I love Demetra George and I love her work. And it was so cool meeting her at the ESR Astrology Conference. She's one of my sheroes and it was amazing. So anything that they endorse, um, I'm instantly a fan of. So in this book, uh, one of the things that I want to quote, he says here, by reflecting on astrological cycles and transitions, we can enhance our perception of our vocational patterns. Vocation is an inner voice, not one originating in the outer world. And I wanted to share that because the way that I studied and approached working with individuals from a counseling and therapeutic lens is that I'm a very person-centered or client-centered a practitioner. And so I never come into a reading thinking that I'm the expert in someone's life. Specifically to career and vocation, why this is important is our client is a holistic individual who has privilege and therefore access. They have history, which means that they might have trauma a big T or a little T trauma. And they also have a career genealogy. They have beliefs and values which they inherited in childhood from their ancestry. 
and also from what they perceived they would you know would be possible or plausible for them in career because of what they witnessed the people around them doing with career so imagine that a person goes and sees an astrologer and the astrologer is telling them oh you have the perfect chart for a lawyer and this person is thinking I have never considered that as an option. I don't know if I want to do all of the schoolwork that is required. I don't know if I want to do all of the testing that is required. And they might be, you know, the astrologer might be coming to this conclusion of lawyer because there's this perception that lawyers do just arguing. They are persuasive speakers, uh, you know, and we all think of, um, you know, depending on the generation, I'm thinking of liar, liar, but we think of these uh, scenes in the media of people standing in courtrooms and making these really emotional cases and, you know, um, slamming hands on desks. And again, this persuasive emotional speech, but actually a lot of law is investigation. It's a lot of reading. It's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of attention to detail. Um, and so then, you know, this person might actually go through with pursuing a law degree and then still find that they're dissatisfied in some way or they might feel like they don't have access to it because of the student debt required to pursue all of the education and so then was that a very helpful reading to the individual was that a good investment and as the practitioner do you feel like you fulfilled that obligation to make it worth their time so this is why i think it's really important uh, this phrase again i'm going to revisit a piece of it reflecting on the uh, astrological cycles and transitions can enhance the perception of vocational patterns. And so one thing that, again, I think astrologers get wrong is they focus on what's next, what's coming up, but the real value and richness from working with astrology is actually using it in hindsight. I believe it was my second episode where I talk about job search strategies, working with Saturn, in your career, that's not the title, um, but I, I believe it's episode two. If you haven't listened to it, I recommend you go check that out. Um, but I actually talked about how the Saturn cycle has a huge influence on in our career. And I talked about those, you know, critical ages of seven, 14, uh, 21, and 28, uh, when we experience, you know, like the major Saturn, you know, the Saturn square, Saturn opposition, Saturn square, and then Saturn return. But this moves in a cycle, right? So if you can look back historically and see what you were doing around those ages, what thoughts you had, and also what opportunities or challenges presented themselves to you. But of course, Saturn is not the only planet that moves uh, in orbit. And it's also not the only planet that we look at in vocational astrology readings. But you want to get an idea of those cycles and those patterns. Because when you get a really clear idea of how that has looked for you in the past, it now provides context for the conversation of what's coming up for you in the future. And so again, I think that the challenge that a lot of astrologers face is this sense of obligation. I need to give you the right job title. And this is another thing that people get wrong all of the time is that they try to give you job title when job titles originate in the outer world. And this is why I shared the second part of that quote, vocation is an inner voice, not one originating in the outer world. So if you're working with someone and you're talking very specifically about job titles, then for me, that's a major red flag because just like the expression of the Zodiac is on a spectrum, so is our expression of self 
through work. And there's another quote here that I want to share from the book. And that is, vocation is how we attend to becoming who we are meant to be. So our career and our vocation is really just like experiential practice of our soul's inner calling. And so if you're working with someone in a vocational aspect and you're not doing that deeper inner work, then you will fall short almost every single time. And I have to say almost because there are some people who were fortunate to have a great sense of clarity as well as privilege and access and exposure to fulfilling this sense of self and they haven't had to struggle with it. But I would say that the majority of us, that's not our experience, right? So we don't spend enough time on that inner work, right? And we we spend more time talking about the aspects of career and vocation, which do originate in the external world. Every single employer has some control over their job titles, as well as creating job descriptions in regards to the elements of work that they do. And so this is another challenge when people pursue job search is they start looking specifically at job titles when really what you want to be thinking about is what types of problems do I want to solve? What types of work activities bring me joy, spark passion, and give me a greater sense of meaning, purpose, and fulfillment? And how closely can you align your job title, your career, your work environment, and the way that you generate income to that inner voice, to that inner sense of calling and purpose? That's the goal, right? So it's not only how we make our living, but it's also how we find meaning in life. And I know there are going to be people listening to this episode, and I've actually had conversations with these people recently in the past couple of weeks that think this is actually a disservice. When we, you know, when people are growing up and we're telling them, you know, find a job that you're passionate about, um, find meaning in work. There are plenty of people who are like, look, my job is just my job. That is how I make money and I don't need to find calling or purpose in it. I hear you. I'm going to talk about that perspective a little bit later in this episode, but I just want to call that out. If you're listening to this and you're having this feeling of like, oh, this is bullshit. Like we don't have to find meaning and purpose in work. You're not wrong. And again, I think this is also where uh, some practitioners that deal with the esoteric and occult practices in combination with career and vocational counseling or conversations, this is also where they miss the boat. Because for people coming to you for help with career, this is generally true. These are the people that are seeking a greater sense of meaning through vocation. But there's a lot of people that... Uh, separate these and compartmentalize that. And I want to talk about that as well. So just like focusing too much on job title will actually be a disservice to clients. um, Also focusing on only specific aspects of the natal chart will not give a holistic perspective for the client's career and vocational options. And If you've ever done one of my vocational astrology intensives, then you know that I do in that reading in particular, focus in on specific elements of the person's chart. And that's because there is definitely an order to which you look at things when you're trying to discover career and vocation for an individual, but it's not complete without looking at the entire natal chart. And so 
some of the things that I look at in those vocational astrology intensives, and you can book those on my website, www.thatwitchfromwork.com. You can go to my book now page. These are pre-recorded sessions where I really look at only a few elements of your chart. And that's because these are meant to be introductory readings. This is to give you a flavor of my kind of astrology, to give you an idea of what we might talk about in a vocational reading. Uh, but these are the things that I look at. We look at the midheaven. We look at the ruler of the midheaven. We look at aspects and conditions to the midheaven. We also look at the earth houses. We look at the second house, which is how you generate income and maintain wealth. Also where we see your values and how you establish trust with others. We look at your sixth house of daily health habits, routines, activities, and where you might offer service to others. And we look at the 10th house of your career, public image, and social legacy. Now, something that I learned from Kelly Surtees as I was um, in one of her courses specifically on how to use the natal chart for career and vocational readings Something that she said that has always stuck out to me, and I say this all the time now as I am working with clients and also teaching about vocational astrology, is that the 10th house is always in service to the midheaven. So even if your midheaven doesn't sit in your 10th house, uh, we'll still talk about the 10th house because the 10th house and any planets there are always going to be in service to the midheaven and the midheaven as that most southern point in the chart will give us insight into where you have opportunity to be most recognized or celebrated for what you're offering out to the world. And so for me, I look at the midheaven as more that sense of calling and meaning or the mattering that sometimes we seek out through vocation and sometimes it operates independently of that. But just like I said, as I'm paraphrasing Kelly Surtees here, the 10th house is always in service to the midheaven. When I work with clients and I talk about the idea of pursuing purpose or the idea of pursuing uh, meaning in our work, uh, you know, if you have the midheaven in the 10th house, and this is really easy, this is very clearly aligned for you, but for everyone else, your job might just be your job. The way that you make money might just be your money. But again, we're talking about alignment. That's a key word that I use in a lot of my branding is how can you get closely aligned with your strengths and what you feel called to do, what you're good at, how you make money, and how can you align it to fulfilling this sense of meaning and purpose? There's plenty of people, though, that actually discover challenge there where their sense of meaning and calling will actually have a difficult aspect to more of those career-driven uh, placements in the chart. And so that's a whole other conversation, but that's my little... Uh, I guess my call out for any individual who's thinking like, no, your job is just your job and you don't need to have passion and you don't need to have purpose. That's fine. And that's true for a lot of people, but even the way that you make a living and sustain your life and the legacy of your work will still be in service too. So maybe your sense of calling or meaning in life is actually done through hobbies or it's done through raising a family or it's done through the four weeks of vacation that you get every year when you completely disconnect from your work. But still, the work that you do will help sustain that because it's either helping fund that activity, it's giving you exposure through your network or through your education and skill set to do that. Um, so it's always, again, I want, I want to just call that out again. Your 10th house and the areas of your chart, which are foundational to vocational and career astrology readings, will still be in service to 
that area of your life where you actually do try to pursue this greater sense of purpose, meaning, and mattering. So I called out those areas of the chart where we start with vocational readings. And again, that's why I use those in my pre-recorded vocational astrology intensives is because that's the foundation. And if you leave it at that alone, this will not be the most useful way to work with astrology when you're trying to explore career and vocation. Other things that you need to bring in, right, are the sun, moon, rising, if those aren't already part of the conversation with those other elements. Because those are those as well as Mercury, Mars, and Venus, and you know, Jupiter here as well, those personal planets, those give you a greater sense of how you engage in work, how you work with others, uh, what you need to fill you up, what you need to do to restore and rest, the lens that informs the way that you interact with the external environment. Um, you know, we look at the fourth house for that ancestry piece. What is your career genealogy? What is the story of your life and how does that influence your career decisions or what you think is accessible to you? We look at the ninth house for your education, which also brings about access, but your 11th house and your professional network also has a big piece of access. You know, the fifth house, what do you want to create in this lifetime, right? Or how does um, children influence or impact your ability to pursue vocation and calling? And so you need to look at the entire chart. You need to look at the entire house system. You need to look at all of the planets. You know, I, I mentioned this in my episode about my first astrology conference and going to ESAR 2022 a few weeks ago, where I sat in on the lecture from Mark Lawrenson from the Sydney School of Astrology, and he was talking about the fear of happiness. And, you know, talking about what are those elements in your chart, which actually make it difficult for you to pursue meaning and mattering through vocation. And this is more of a psychological um, perspective. And I believe that Mark Lawrenson is an evolutionary astrologer who studied under Stephen Forrest. So he has that evolutionary uh, school of thought here. But, you know, what are those planets which uh, disempower you and make you feel undeserving of joy at work? You know, only lucky people get to be fulfilled in their careers. Only people with more privilege and access than me can make a lot of money. Um, you know, our relationship with money and finances, that second house, eighth house access of our resources and money and our psychology around resources and money. You know, what is our relationship there? Do we think that we're even worthy of it? Do we think that money is inherently evil? Do we have a hard time attracting abundance and money into our lives? These are all things that you have to talk about with people when you talk about career. You know, as I was sitting in my master's program and I was, you know, my, my very first day of my career specific counseling class, my professor was talking about why even if you weren't in my program to be a career counselor, um, if you were going there to be a, a true, like, you know, just general mental health practitioner or work with groups or go into school counseling or something like that, she talked about why it's so important for counselors to be well-versed in career development theory, but also why anyone working in career and vocational spaces need to be educated on counseling practices, whether or not you have the certification or the degree, 
whatever. There's a lot of ways to get this education, but you need to have some level of competency in how to work with people because it's an outdated belief that people leave their home life at the door when they show up to the office and that when they get home at night, they leave work at the office and now they're home and they're present in that space and whoever you know is in their living quarters. That's outdated. That's not real. We don't actually compartmentalize. We can do our best to do so, but they're always going to bleed into one another. And there's actually not like incredibly clear boundaries that we set between the different assets of our or aspects of our life and the different identities that we wear. And so it's important to have a holistic perspective. You know, you need to talk about people's relationships. How does that influence their ability to make career decisions? I'm going to use my, myself as an example here. If you know me personally, or if you've connected with me on social media, and so you've seen me talk about this, in my relationship, my husband stays home with our children, and he's worked, you know, he has a work history, and while he's been home, he's, you know, had various part-time jobs doing things here and there to support friends and family and their own businesses, but his ability to pursue his career is super impacted in what I'm doing in my job, right? So there's going to be people that have this. Similarly, you know, on the flip side of that, my decision to do career is deeply impacted because I am the primary income provider for my family. And so the ability for either of us, my spouse or I, to say like, well, we're quitting what we're doing right now because we're going to go do something totally different, that's super disruptive, isn't it? And that's going to immediately impact our ability to make decisions in our career confidently because there's all these other stakeholders that we have to talk about. You know, we have our kids, you know, we have a mortgage, we have all these other things. And so this is where I think a lot of astrologers get caught up is, you know, maybe they know that, you know, oh, like career is the midheaven, how you make money is the second house. And they focus exclusively on those elements of the chart, but you're not bringing in that holistic perspective. You're not honoring the fact that you have a whole and complete individual with a history and a life and a future ahead of them, right? And so there's a lot of elements in the chart that you want to look at. And this is also for anyone listening. This is why when you meet with an astrologer to talk about career, one reading really isn't enough, okay? My readings vary. I have my strengths in the natal chart reading, which is two hours, and that doesn't feel like enough time. Um, and then I have my general readings, which range between an hour and an hour and a half. In an hour and a half, we could honestly spend that entire time talking about your sun, moon, and rising, and just setting that solid foundation and understanding of yourself before we even get into career. And then again, in my vocational astrology intensives, those are quicker because they're pre-recorded and I'm not having that conversation. And we only touch briefly on those, you know, ABC of vocational astrology. And so if you're working with an astrologer or anyone offering, you know, career related services, you know, to get your money's worth, you've got to go more than once. You've got to, you've got to have a, 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 longer standing relationship with the person that you're working for because there are so many elements to your career. 
And so this is really the challenge that I see a lot of astrologers and also clients facing when they start working um, with astrology to explore career and vocation. Um, you know, they don't approach it with this holistic perspective. Uh, it's very like copy and paste, cookie cutter. And there's also this great sense of obligation from the service provider to offer something useful, which often comes out in job title, right? And it's just not really, it's just not as helpful as it could be. Um, and that's where I feel very fortunate to have had a strong educational foundation in career and vocation, as well as counseling, right? And being that service provider, um, having a lot of coursework and professional development dedicated to ethics and, uh, you know, understanding the limitations of my own competency and knowing when to tell people that. Um, but also having the HR experience and working in industry, writing resumes, doing LinkedIn profile audits, uh, you know, coaching people on interview preparation and writing cover letters and things of that nature. And I'm also an astrologer. And so I feel really fortunate that everything that I feel really passionate about, that I was able to find alignment in those offerings and now work as a vocational astrologer with people. I know that the strengths in the natal chart has been a really popular offering for people. And that's because you get to walk away with a true professional development plan you know, we use the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment, so you get that combination of that which is rooted in research and, you know, has been signed off by a ton of PhDs and has a lot of validity and reliability testing, as well as that esoteric, astrological, more, um, you know, mystical, still well-researched, but not as scientifically researched. It has more of a tradition of, uh, you know, oral tradition and passing down the different techniques and a lot of evolutions on that but I get to combine them all. Um, and something that has been requested from that service is actually developing a coaching program and act like maybe I shouldn't announce this yet. Oh, Mercury's not retrograde yet. I'm going to go for it. I know we're in the shadow, but here we are. You can likely anticipate not a full blown coaching program, but a course that is going to be built off of the foundation in my ebook, professional alchemy, also available for purchase on my website but a course that you can go through where I teach you elements of vocational astrology and allow you to kind of work with your own chart. Of course, you'll have the option for a discounted reading with me at the end of the course. Um, but I also give like, here's how to develop your own professional branding based on these elements in your natal chart. Here's how to curate your resume and job search materials based on these elements of your chart. And it's going to be very much self-service because for all of my cardinal rising signs out there or anybody with heavy Capricorn placements, I know that you want to do things yourself. So I want to give you that option. Um, and I'm also a very busy woman and difficult to, uh, you know, schedule with. And so I want to, I want to make this more accessible to people. So I've started building out that course and developing the syllabus as well as some of the supplemental material. Um, and I am looking at contracting videographers uh, and renting studio spaces right now. So you have that to look forward to. And I'm really excited about it. And I'm very passionate about career. I am astrology obsessed. And it, I'm really pleased to be able to offer a very holistic offering uh, to my clients. So keep an eye out for that. Mm -hmm. 
thank you for spending time with me today. I hope this was interesting to you. If you are someone who is interested in the combination of career development and exploration, as well as astrology, I'd love to work with you. You can find my offerings at www.thatwitchfromwork.com. I have a blog there where I go more in depth as to what vocational astrology is. You can check out my ebook, and I'd also recommend just listening to a few of my other podcast episodes where I talk about this. And if you like what you're listening to, you know, consider giving me a five-star rating. It definitely helps boost my podcast, and I'd love to share this information with as many people who would be served by it as possible. 